This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. On Wednesday, the 17th of May, the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center will be hosting an interactive art workshop and memory discussion with artist Elias Mendel. The workshop will include a guided tour of his current exhibition, Letters to Yesterday, a collection of work that examines the artist's German Jewish history through his interventions in an extensive family archive. I'm delighted to have Elias as my guest now to tell me more. Elias, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Elias, tell me a little bit about the exhibition and how it came about. Um, so the ex- exhibition, as you said, examines my family's German-Jewish um, archives. Um, so in lockdown of 2020, myself and my father discovered, essentially in our attic, a wealth of uh, letters, photos, literally labelled um, unimportant documents um, by my grandma, quite <laughs> amusingly. And we obviously thought they weren't unimportant documents. Um, and just through reading these letters, and literally some letters were from the fir- written in the First World War, from my great-granddad fighting for the Germans, documents from family writing letters when they were in concentration camps trying to get out of Germany. A vast history that stretches across more than hundreds of years. Um, and just reading it, I felt such uh, an emotional reaction to the letters. I, I didn't really know any way of expressing it other than sort of creating art about it, expressing my emotions and my feelings about this history that weren't always spoken about by my family, which is quite typical. Um, and from that, over two years, it's led to this exhibition. What I feel is quite important for me at, in Johannesburg, where my family fled to and managed to find a life here. Um, and so the work has, a, on one level, an engagement with where I, I draw over documents in the archive, um, including a stop-motion animations where I rewrite le- quotes from my family alongside images that form in almost an instinctual emotional reaction to how I feel about these letters into a sort of 13-minute-long animation that goes from the First World War all the way to my family's life in South Africa and everything else that happened in between. Elias, unimportant papers. Um, that must have really come as quite a big shock. When you describe it, are you describing a big box? Are you describing lots of boxes? Uh, what was it? Where was it kept and what condition was it in? Um, lots of boxes and not just in London. So that that's the, the crazy thing is when we found... A, there were maybe there were like five or more than five photo albums from my grandma when she was uh, photographing in the twenties and thirties in Germany, and then lots of letters from my family in England. But then at the same time, we reached out to family and started talking to other family members around the world. And in South Africa, we've it's become a way to describe it as an archipelago of archives. So in South Africa, we found from another family member the Bruce, um literally. Tens of thousands of letters, um, photos, again, from all to do with our family, like bo- boxes and boxes. I cannot describe to you the amount. We, we almost Just felt like we were drowning in archives. And then we found some in the, in the Netherlands connected to our family's Dutch escape to, um, the Netherlands, some in New York. I mean, I cannot describe to you to the wealth of, um, and that, that's the thing about the German Jews is they were, our family were quite bourgeois. They were quite successful. And so when they escaped Germany, they left with, boxes of stuff and this is the stuff we have today so tell me your family's history i mean did you know your granny yeah so i I grew up knowing my my grandma who died when i think i was 18 so i knew her quite well um and she so my grandma was born in berlin in the early 1920s um and after her father's arrest on crystal act in 1938 they decided to leave germany um, and very luckily, they managed to get out. He was held in a concentration camp in Sachsenhausen, outside of Berlin, for two weeks. But this was very normal. It wasn't a 
we're going to kill you. It was a, you need to sell your stuff and get out. Um, and well, there's a much more complicated story to do with it, but the gist of it is they managed to get out. And my grandfather, who I never knew, who died in the 90s, he was born in Offenbach. His father had died in the First World War. He was one of the first German Jewish soldiers to die fighting for Germany. Um, so he already had that history and that trauma. And that's also what the exhibition is about. It's, about, it's not just about the Holocaust. I don't want Jewish stories to be just defined by the Holocaust, but it's about what happened before and what happened after and how there's a continuity of Jewish life of, you know, life and survival and sadness and joy and all the things that come in between that. You you grew up in London? Yes. Uh, you've visited Germany? Yes. What was it like for you? Um, so I spent six months of this year living in Berlin, um, investigating and interrogating German memorial culture. And if I'm honest with you, I found it a little difficult. And one of my art pieces there is about that difficulty of entering these spaces that are meant to be memorials to Jews and my work was often questioning whether or not I was welcome there you know and the funny thing is being an artist in these memorials a guy sitting there drawing or maybe photographing I often got kicked out of, of German Jewish memorials you know that were for my family because I looked suspicious or looked like I was trying to do something wrong there irony yes so there, there was a, a little bit of it was me questioning who are these memorials for you know are they for German Jewish descendants are they for Jewish people or are they in some ways reinforcing a tourist industry a, a way of allowing what happened to be forgotten. Um, so I, I'm not reaching any conclusions about that, but I was definitely interrogating, questioning who these spaces were for. Well, let's let explore, because um, a guest of mine last week was from Lithuania, and she was extremely upset. She had just come back from a visit. Her family was from there. And she was extremely upset and frustrated about the way the Lithuanians were commemorating the Holocaust. And I think we kind of looked to Germany for having possibly done better. Mm. Um, they have their little, I don't know what the German word for it is, but st steps, tripping steps. that Stoppelsteiners. Thank you very much. Um, that remind you that a Jew or somebody was here, etc. Um, did you feel that Germany was dealing with its past in any meaningful way? Um, I, look, I think they've spent a lot of time, a lot of money examining German moral culture and, you know, commemorating it. But what I found, and I think it's interesting you mentioned the Stoppelsteiners because... For a living Jew living in Germany, it can maybe be slightly traumatizing if you're walking around and all you see is, here's another dead Jewish person who lived there, here's another, you know, dead Jewish person who lived there. Um, it's not always fun where you're just out having a drink with a friend and then you just, you know, realize, oh God. Um, so I, in some ways, and this isn't necessarily criticism, but I feel like Germany's a lot be better at dealing with and commemorating dead Jews than they are Jews who are living there today. Um. Which brings us to Holocaust memorial sites throughout the world. Um, your exhibition is obviously and rightly so in our Holocaust and Genocide Center. Uh, do you feel that the need for these kinds of centers and the way that they're operating now is as effective as they could be? Um, I don't feel they are as effective. Um, I think, and this actually brings back to my artistic work, is somehow I feel like they're often lacking in a real emotional engagement, honest and true you know, reflection, reaction to what happened, to truly feel what happened, and I think to really be able to move past this, to make the phrase never again actually happen, and, uh, you know, would be to truly feel what happened. And some part of me feels like these cold, empty block, memorial blocks often don't aren't really it. There, there's almost an emotional absence in them that I feel. I mean, a lot of my art and a lot of my work is about an emotional engagement in my history, and I have the same reaction when seeing these memorial spaces. And so I question that. That's what I'd say. Elias, in terms of your own 
art. Let's, you're a multidisciplinary artist. Can you unpack that for me? Um, well, in some ways, it's a way of saying that I've come to art. In a, so my background isn't in art, but actually in history and historical work. So I was an archivist who became an artist through looking at this archive. Um, and so in, in a way, art that is a way... That was quite of, lucky to find, get the find you did. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it, in some ways, it's a, a strange co- combination of burden and blessing um, of this weight of a history, but also perfect for someone who, for me, with, this, with the background I have, to be able to examine and work through it. Um, but yeah, so I, I do a combination of stop-motion animations, but also photographs and films. And so I've, for me, I, I don't have one practice because I think it's more about that's a means of a way of accessing the meaning and the feeling that I want to create with my art, not necessarily focusing on the medium itself. But you use different kinds of medium. You use photographs, you use videos, what else? So photographs, videos. So one of the big, I mean, a perfect example of this is my, the projects I did, um, memorials in memoriam, examining German memorial culture was, I did a self-portrait inside uh, German memorials, but I also held up a drawing I did in that memorial site of the memorial to try and place myself within that space and question it as I said before but that was combining photography you know self-portraiture but also um, art you know using pastels to draw on on paper a very simple process. So um, earlier this week I visited the Holocaust and Genocide Centre and I walked around your exhibition unfortunately I couldn't see the audio because it wasn't playing at that time but um, what also struck me and maybe you want to describe it a little bit is that self-portraiture for me was you were placing yourself in the middle of that history. That for me was like more relevant than anything. You you are there. You are as the photographer, as the archivist, as the artist, whatever, are there. Hmm. Do you want to explain a little bit about the exhibition and also why you put yourself in it? Well, I mean, I think, again, I think, there's such a vastness of this archive, such a vastness of this history that sometimes I think, you know, for Jewish people, for everyone, it's very hard to explain and fully understand what happened, you know, to our families, to, to anything. And so I think by telling a very personal story of my family, by making animations about my grandma's escape or making work about, you know, how my family got there, um, I think t- I'm trying to tell a personal story to speak to more of a universal truth and understanding of what happened. Um, and on the other hand, the placing myself personally within the memorial sites um, is again a way to, to place myself there, to say I am here. Um, and again, to, that, that story I was telling you, maybe not always being made to feel welcome in these spaces, um, was again a way of questioning that. And having myself and my art was a representation of my emotional response to the spaces that I felt. You know, by drawing the spaces, I'm trying to represent how memory was often passed down through generations. You know how. We have these stories. I mean, often one of the strange things of this archive is we'll have a story my grandma told me, but then we'll have the truth in the letters. And those things don't always necessarily, you know, line up um, because memory is a... And history, as much as memory, are, are malleable things that can be reflected on. But, and I think that's why it's important for me as a... You know, I'm, I'm 24. I'm quite a young person to be engaging this history. I haven't, haven't often met people my age doing this sort of thing. Correct. It's important to place myself as this generation, having our say and our feelings about the history that comes before you talk about your boxes and the archives um how did you make sense of it when you went through it and how did you decide what to deal with in the exhibition um well on one level we had this amazing help from this volunteer volunteer team of um translators this group of, of people around the world we posted on a sort of german messaging board me and my dad um and we got this amazing response of people who just volunteered to help there's this man called pat who lives i think somewhere in 
the West of America, who's literally been translating a relative of mine's First World War diaries. I mean, these are hundreds and hundreds of pages, and he's they've done it out of their passion for the history. So one thing, it was, it's a very moving thing of um, them doing that and translating that. And in terms of what stories I choose to tell, um, again, it goes back to my emotional response. These things that I felt truly like affected me, they affected me, they made me see images and want to express it creatively. So it wasn't, I didn't really go through very, you know, specifically and choose this, this, this and that. It was, I would read stuff if I felt it, I would write it down and that would lead to an animation. Um, but at the same time, I also felt it was important to tell all the chapters of my family history. So not just about the Holocaust, but about my family's in the First World War. My great granddad writing about, um, you'd be surprised at the smell of, of what you could smell, your eyes, ears and nose would be surprised. That's him sort of subtly going through the senses to tell them how, to, how much of a difficult experience it is, how smelly it is, how horrible it is. Also telling the story of my family in the Weimar Republic and being bourgeois Germans and the life they live, lived in that way, you know, skiing holiday in the Alps and hiking and being very much German, not just Jews, but I mean, that's the thing about this history is often forgotten is, especially for German Jews, they were so integrated. that My family didn't really, I think, see themselves as Jewish, but saw themselves much more as proud, loyal Germans to the German state. So to have what happened to them makes it all the more complicated. I couldn't but help notice that many of the letters are marked Offenbach. Did you go and visit Offenbach when you were there? Um, I, I'm yet to. So in September, myself and my father are going to go to Offenbach. Um, but that house in Offenbach is very interesting because it's where the news that my great-grandma found that her husband had died in the First World War. It's where my grandfather was born and it's where she was deported from to the uh, concentration camps because my grandfather got out, but she um, didn't want to leave because her new husband had an iron cross and was a loyal soldier in the First World War, and so she didn't think they would have any problems, which is a, a common story. Which kind of, I think you said um, perhaps earlier, that it doesn't really make sense. None of what happened, even today, even going through it, even knowing what we do, doesn't really still make sense. It's unfathomable still. Mm. To what extent do you think these personal stories continue to help, or even as a third generation, how you cope with it? Um, well, I think it's important, you interesting you mentioned as a third generation, because um, I think this year, or coming up to the next few years, that, that we're at a very important moment in commemoration history in which living memory of the Holocaust and of what happened is going to pass away. The last few people who were alive who were in concentration camps are going to pass away, and, and it's a it's a very sad moment, but it's also a moment in which um, it's really important that this new generation take up that mantle. Um, and also maybe in some ways, I mean, this is more difficult, is that I don't think myself or my father would have been able to do this history without my grandma passing. Somehow, about the passing of the generation is an opportunity for new conversations and different angles and different perspectives on this history. Because for that generation, it was it's almost too hard to mm. talk about, too hard to feel. And I don't mean that in any way, in a disrespectful mm. way, but in a way that we as a new generation carrying on the memories of our ancestors are also able to have new conversations and new perspectives on this history. Elias, what can people expect on the 17th of May? Um, well, there's actually two events. There's this talk around and walk around on the 17th of May you're talking about. So it'll be a walk around in an art workshop in which I want to invite people to bring their own, a piece of their own story, a photograph, a recipe, a song their grandma used to sing to them and then us to sort of make art about that. Um, but then also on the 21st of May, um, there's going to be another presentation event where I'm going to present the work I've made um, during my residency here for the last month. Um, 
a little clues that I've been visiting and knocking on the doors of the houses that my family moved to in South Africa wow. and making work about that. And there's also going to be a Q&A and I'm also going to invite some guest speakers um, to have a conversation and have their own perspectives on this work. Wow, um, incredible, really. I wish you luck with it. Where will the exhibition go next? Um, I don't know. I hope to hear some, off, hear some interest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure with your latest edition, it'll continue to travel. Perhaps Offenbach, perhaps Germany, perhaps... Uh, these are the conversations that we should be having with Germany right now. Absolutely. There's many chapters of my family history to go to and move to. In that case, Elias, on that note, uh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me in this conversation. That was Elias Mendel, a multimedia artist whose work, Letters to Yesterday, a collection of work that examines the extensive, uh, the artist's German Jewish history through his interventions in an extensive family archive, which is currently on at the Johannesburg and Holocaust Center.